1: President Trump vows to take action to keep the nation's schools safe, but his plan to arm some teachers is facing sharp criticism. And will Congress actually do anything when lawmakers return to Washington next week? This is the state of America tonight. We will be
2: the people that change America. They hate the NRA, they hate the Second Amendment. They hate individual freedom. The majority of people are standing
3: with what's going on here in Parkland. There are tens of millions of gun owners who act responsibly every day. The notion that my kids are going to school with teachers that are armed with a weapon is not something that, quite frankly, I'm comfortable with. We don't know if it's lip service
4: yet. We will see in Washington in the coming weeks.
1: This is Al Malveaux, live in New York. This is State of America Tonight. For a second day, the safety of the nation's schools is front and center at the White House. Today, President Trump met with state and local officials in the aftermath of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting last week.
4: You must work together to create a culture of our country that cherishes life and forces real human connections.
1: For his part, Mr. Trump is expressing support for stronger background checks, along with some gun restrictions like raising the minimum age and ending the sale of bump stocks. And today's event follows an emotional listening session yesterday, with those impacted not only by the Florida tragedy, but also Columbine and Sandy Hook. For one grieving father, the time for action is now.
4: How many schools, how many children have to get shot? It stops here with this administration and me. It's, I'm not going to sleep until it's fixed. I'm pissed because my daughter I'm not going to see again. She's not here. She's not here. She's at, in, in North Lauderdale at whatever it is, King David Cemetery. That's where I go to see my kid now.
1: During the forum, President Trump offered this potential solution to gun violence.
4: This would only be obviously for people that are very adept at handling a gun. And it would be, it's called concealed carry, where a teacher would have a concealed gun on them. They'd go for special training and they would uh, be there and you would no longer have a gun-free zone.
1: The president doubled down on that idea today, saying that arming teachers would be less expensive than guards. And when it comes to lawmakers, a White House official tells CNN that Mr. Trump will, quote, push Congress to do something on guns. Exactly what the president wants politicians to do is still unknown. But at a CNN town hall, Republican Senator Marco Rubio signaled a willingness to tackle some of the issues that are at the very heart of this very passionate gun debate.
3: I absolutely believe that in this country if you are 18 years of age you should not be able to buy a rifle and I will support a law that takes that right away I traditionally have not supported re- looking at magazine clip size and after this and some of the details I've learned about it I'm reconsidering that position and I'll tell you why I'll tell you why because while it may not prevent an attack, it may save lives in an attack.
1: And when asked about his ties to the National Rifle Association, Rubio, who has an A-plus rating from the gun rights group, well, he said this.
0: Senator Rubio, can you tell me right now that you will not accept a single donation from the NRA?
3: I do support the Second Amendment, and I also support the right of you and everyone here to be able to go to school and be safe. And I do support any law that would keep guns out of the hands of a deranged killer. And that's why I support the things that I have stood for and fought for during my time. More NRA money? More NRA money? That, That is the wrong way to look. First of all, the answer is people buy into my agenda.
1: And today, the head of the NRA spoke publicly for the first time since last week's tragedy. In a defiant speech at the Conservative Political Action Conference, Wayne LaPierre slammed the left and warned of socialism as he defended Americans' right to bear arms.
2: Their solution is to make you, all of you, less free. They want to sweep right under the carpet the failure of school security, the failure of family, the failure of America's mental health system, and even the unbelievable failure of the FBI.
1: LaPierre also bashed those who have spoken out over the last week.
2: As usual, the opportunist wasted not one second to exploit tragedy for political gain. The breakback speed of calls for more gun control laws and the breathless national media eager to smear the NRA.
1: One survivor who hid in a closet during the Florida shooting had these words in response to the NRA chief's attacks.
5: I just think that's disrespectful and insensitive to call us opportunists when all we're trying to do is to make sure this doesn't happen to anyone else in America. We just went through a traumatic experience and we're just trying to take action now
1: in White House reporter Caitlin Collins. She's joining us now live. And Caitlin, we saw this uh, meeting that the president had earlier today, once again, focusing on mental health and potentially arming teachers, not backing down from that. Are these going to be two areas that are going to help him focus perhaps uh, the strategy that he wants to use in combating gun violence in schools?
6: Yeah, that's right, Suzanne. We saw a very different session here at the White House today compared to that intensely emotional one with students and teachers yesterday that the president participated in. Today was more solution-focused, and the president repeatedly brought up a solution that he had initially talked about during that listening session yesterday, which was arming teachers with concealed weapons at schools, something he believes would act as a deterrent. Now, the president has said twice today that he has not said he wants to arm teachers, but then he clarifies it with a little nuance, saying he wants to arm teachers who are adept at using weapons like guns with guns and concealed weapons while they're at school. And he even floated the idea of giving those teachers bonuses. And roughly, he said about 20 percent of teachers, that would be about 700,000 teachers in the country. This idea that the president is proposing, along with heightening security at schools as well, with armed guards, too. But he said he didn't want to have too many armed guards because then it would create a certain atmosphere at schools that he he does not believe would be a good thing for it to have at schools. So certainly those ideas coming out, the president also defending his relationship with the NRA, saying he's spoken to multiple people from the NRA over the past two days. He does not think they are going to clash on gun control measures here, Suzanne, but the president did raise the idea this morning of raising the age to buy a firearm, to 21. That is an idea that the NRA has roundly rejected. So we'll still we'll, Wait to see, to see how that comes out, what happens if the president and the NRA do clash over this. But he has said he has been in close contact with him. And we saw the head of the NRA today giving a speech at a conference right outside of Washington. Certainly the president was likely watching. He was giving a very direct message to the president about what he thinks should happen in wake of that tragic school shooting in Parkland.
1: All right, Kaitlin, thank you so much. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Congress goes back to session next week. Well, the question is, if we are arming teachers, should we train them to shoot potential classroom attackers? That and other provocative questions from CNN's Town Hall Wednesday. We've got a panel ready to go. U.S. President Donald Trump and the governor of Florida turned down invitations to CNN's town hall Wednesday on gun and school safety. But Marco Rubio, he agreed, and the Florida senator faced an outpouring of grief and, as you can imagine, rage, along with some very tough questions on how to make sure that the deadly shooting at a school in his state Would be the last. The panel tonight: Sabrina Siddiqui, politics reporter for The Guardian, Scott Jennings, he's a CNN political commentator and former special assistant to President George W. Bush. John Celeb was chief of staff to former Democratic Senator Max Baucus and Steve Cortez, CNN political commentator and a former advisor to the Trump campaign. Thank you all of you uh, for joining us. It was an incredible night. I know we were all up watching (laughs) the whole thing. There was an incredible amount of buzz and lots of emotion here. And I want to start off. We'll we'll take it piece by piece here. But let's start off with Senator Marco Rubio. He definitely was in the hot seat. Uh, He showed up. He got a lot of credit for that. But he did get a lot of grilling from the students, the parents, the the teachers. And I want to, first of all, start with this exchange. Am I supposed to get extra training now to serve and protect on top of educate these children? Am I supposed to have a Kevlar vest? Am I supposed to strap it to my leg or put it in my desk?
3: Well, first, I don't support that. I would admit to you right now, I answer that as much as a father as I do as a senator. The notion that my kids are going to school with teachers that are armed with a weapon is not something that, quite frankly, I'm comfortable with. Beyond it, I think it has practical problems.
1: So who on this panel is comfortable with the notion? Steve?
7: Well, Suzanne, I will. I will tell you this. uh, I'm comfortable with teachers who want to be armed being armed. I think that's a very good idea, particularly if they have the qualifications. If they're an Army veteran, if they were formerly in law enforcement uh, and they would like to be armed on the job, I think that's a very, very good idea. We should certainly not, in my opinion, require any teacher to be armed because that's not their job. Their job is to teach. Instead, I think we need guards, armed guards in every single school in America. I think, frankly, it's reprehensible that in America we guard our valuables, our money, and our gems in a way that we don't guard our precious children, particularly when we know that sick and depraved people increasingly target schools. We must start guarding our children like the treasures they are, but it should be done, in my opinion, primarily by professional guards, not the teachers.
1: Is there Who, who among the panelists here, I mean, weigh in, thinks that this is something that the country can afford, that this is something How would it be sponsored? How would it be funded by the government? John, Sabrina? Well, one thing I'll just say
8: and point out is that there was an armed guard, at least one, already present. Uh, at the Parkland High School where this shooting transpired. uh, I also think when it comes to the question of uh, the the argument you've often heard from the NRA that the only uh, guy who could stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, that overlooks a lot of the confusion and the chaos that happens within a matter of minutes, trying to identify who the shooter is. You don't want to fire at the wrong suspect. Uh, You don't want uh, to make a rash decision uh, and have people doing so uh, at a time when a lot of law enforcement have actually said that they don't want more guns placed in these schools. They want less. Um, I think one thing that you saw from that town hall uh, was uh, the, the challenge for Republicans, especially uh, with President Trump saying that he wants to arm teachers. Uh, that's not something that I think will fly among even Republicans on Capitol Hill. The real question is, are they going to throw their support behind any meaningful bipartisan legislation like background checks, maybe raising the age restrictions uh, for purchasers of guns, uh, more more middle-of-the-road proposals that would help to deter shootings like this in the future.
1: And Scott, yeah, I, I j- want to ask you specifically totally. uh, about, about this, because we did hear from the President today, and he said, well, maybe it's 20% of the teachers will be able to do this, that they already, some of them are already retired military folks who might have some extra skills involved. Is that something that you think that most Republicans could back, could get behind?
4: I I don't ultimately think so. I tend to agree with Senator Rubio and with what uh, Steve said earlier. I think uh, the concept of arming teachers uh, is something that most parents would not be comfortable with. And parents, of course, are the people who elect these members of Congress. I just I don't think they're going to want to do that. I think what we have to do is get our arms around what's within the realm of the possible here. I do believe on Capitol Hill what's what's possible is bump stock bans something on background checks and something on the equalization of the ages at which you can buy these weapons. I mean, frankly, to me, it's a loophole. You can buy an AR-15 at 18 and a handgun at 21 in this particular case. That can all be equalized. And I think that sounds reasonable to most people in both parties. So those are things that could happen relatively quickly. They sound reasonable. And, and in this particular case, it might have actually uh, prevented this shooting if this person couldn't have purchased that particular weapon at the age he was.
1: Let's, let's look at this exchange. And John, I'll get you into the conversation here. This is a, an exchange between the, a father of one of the students who was killed in Parkland and again directing his ire to the senator.
3: If I believed that that law would have prevented this from happening, I would support it. But I want to explain to you why it would not. Sen- <laughs> senator Rubio,
7: my daughter, running down the hallway at Marjorie yes, Stoneman Douglas, was shot in the back yes, with an assault weapon. The weapon of choice. Yes. Okay. It is too easy to get. It is a weapon of war. The fact that you can't stand with everybody in this building and say that I'm sorry.
1: So John weigh in here because uh, there there's been a divide and there have been some Democrats who have not actually been able to say that either. They have not been for an assault weapons ban and whether or not there really is the will or the stomach in Congress to get that done remains a question.
5: I, I don't know if there's the will to get it done, but I, I, I think it's the answer. And, uh, you know, you look at the commonality between all of these tragic events, and they involve an assault weapon uh, capable of killing many people in a short amount of time. And that's what's going to solve this problem. The United States doesn't have mental health rates that are any different from anywhere else around the world. They have an abundance of these very violent guns in the hands of people that shouldn't have them. And, and the only thing that's going to get at stopping tragedies like this is getting these guns off the streets. Uh, you know, the the solution of arming or weaponizing schools by putting armed guards in every school or giving teachers a weapon, that's the NRA's solution. They well, want let's more listen, guns.
1: Let's, let's listen to that, because the NRA spokeswoman, uh, she was uh, in the hot seat as well, and she had a lot of challenging questions that came her way. So let's let's listen to this exchange. He shouldn't have been able to get a firearm. He should have been barred from getting a firearm. And as I... And he should not have been able to. He should not have been able to purchase the firearm. So what are you, men are going to do about it?
3: Let's have some respect. She's here to answer the questions. Let's let her answer the questions.
1: He should, A, never been able to get a firearm, B, people who are crazy should not be able to get firearms, C, people who are dangerous to themselves and other individuals should not be able to obtain a firearm. Sabrina, if you would, can you weigh in on this? Break this apart, because she conflated a lot of things, including uh, when when she started calling crazy and sicko and using all those kinds of terms for people with mental illness. Um, but if you can, break this apart in terms of, of, of what was flawed or potentially what landed in her argument. Well, I think that uh, this is
8: what you hear after most of these shootings, um, from the NRA, which is that there should be a focus on enforcing existing law and, uh, not a push toward passing any new laws. And they try to deflect the, the, the issue at heart, which is obviously access to firearms and shift it into mental health. Uh, I think one thing that's notable here is that President Trump, in February of last year, rescinded a regulation that was put in place by President Obama that did uh, tighten uh, some of the uh, mental health uh, reporting uh, into the background check system, so really was actually trying to uh, put in place more restrictions on those who might have uh, mental health issues uh, when it comes to their purchasing of firearms. Uh, So so in some ways, this administration actually took a step back, and so if they are serious about doing something about mental health... that would actually be a regulation that uh, that, should have been, that should be reinstated. In addition to, of course, looking at the broader question of background checks and whether or not um, there is support now for universal background checks. This is what Congress failed to do after uh, Sandy Hook.
1: All right. We'll have more on this discussion coming up after a quick break. They are young. They want to make their voices heard. Well, these students are now bringing new ideas to the gun control debate when we return. back to State of America. I'm Suzanne Malvo. One of the more notable things about the gun control debate right now is the strong presence of high school students at the center of all of it. We have repeatedly seen them questioning politicians in forceful ways, refusing to fall into the same debates that have gotten nowhere since before they were born. High schoolers bringing this new, fresh perspective on all of this, because unlike their parents, they have grown up in a world where school shootings are all too common. I want to bring our panel back into the conversation to discuss this. And what we have seen here is really two events in the last 48 hours that are driving this national conversation over mass shootings and gun control. You had the president's listening session with those shooting survivors. And, of course, the CNN town hall that gave folks an opportunity to take on the politicians directly. It seems as if we've got two camps emerging um, and there's a divide here. Those who are saying more guns arm the teachers uh, and the staff. And then there are others who are saying, no, that's not the problem. It's the easy access to getting the gun. So, uh, Steve, you're in the arms camp here. Um, why, why are you convinced that that has got to be the solution?
7: Well, I'll tell you a few reasons. One is you're exactly right. And it's really sad that that these children uh, and anyone of school age has grown up in an era of school shootings. Uh, But guns haven't changed materially. We had high power. We've had high powered rifles for decades in America. As a matter of fact, the Columbine massacre happened during the assault weapons ban. Uh, That massacre was was uh, that atrocity was committed with handguns and shotguns. So something different has changed. It's not the guns that have changed. It's the culture that has changed in America. Now, that takes a long Long time to change back, to, to reform for the positive, I think. Uh, and uh, there's many factors to that. I think overuse of psychiatric medications, fatherlessness, uh, violent entertainment, I think there's a host of reasons why uh, young men, it's usually young men in our country have decided to turn to this kind of carnage. Uh, but while we're working on that, on the culture, to me, it's only sensible for us to guard our children. Again, let's guard them as, as preciously as we guard gold, literally. Uh, it, it ma- I- if it makes sense to guard a bank, it certainly makes sense to guard a school.
1: Um, but even the president seems to be struggling with his position, Scott. And I want you to address this here because he did talk about uh, the, the the cultural uh, aspects of society in this. But, you know, he's been taking a task here and he's, he's pulling back a little bit. He says, not everybody, don't train everybody. Well, maybe 20 percent. But uh, he's He seems to be struggling to embrace this. On the one hand, LaPierre says, don't don't give in, that the the, the bad guy with the gun has to be met with the good guy with the gun. Uh, But there are many voices who are turning to him saying this just doesn't make sense.
4: Yeah, I mean, it feels to me like the president's sort of trying to make this policy on the fly a little bit. And it's and it's natural. You know, you're trying to respond to a tragedy and trying to show that you're thinking through possible solutions. I ultimately don't think politically uh, this solution is going to fly, uh, frankly, in either party. I do think something that everybody's going to have to address uh, as we talk about this mass shooting issue, Steve raised the cultural issues, which is exactly right. There's also the issue of human error here. In the case of the big church shooting in Texas recently, and in the case of Florida, we had human error. The Air Force didn't report the person in Texas to the registry uh, for infractions he had committed in the Air Force. He should never have had guns. This person, a tip was sent to the FBI. Human error. They didn't follow up on the tip. So. When we talk about banning guns and what kind of guns and who should have them, when we talk about databases and mental health and culture, apart from all that, there is a human error aspect going on in our current reporting systems. We have to remove some of the human element from this reporting uh, because these errors are, in my opinion, leading to some of these shootings.
1: And, Sabrina, the president is pushing for a couple of things here, comprehensive background checks, he says, with an emphasis on mental health, raising the age of obtaining a weapon legally from 18 to 21 to get a gun and ending the sale of the bump stocks, those devices that make the semi-automatics into automatics. Um, None of those things are in line with what the NRA wants. What is likely to really even gain traction going into next week when Congress returns?
8: Well, I think that there's one uh, telling quote from the president today where he said he's not going to go up against the NRA uh, and so he's in conversations with uh, the NRA uh, daily. That's what he, he, those are comments he made today, which suggest that I still think that the White House is formulating its position and I think there is a question as to whether they're going to include the NRA in crafting some of this legislation and whether that might lead to some critics saying uh, that some of the proposals that are put forth are more symbolic than they are substantive. Are they there to provide political cover to People who might not want to actually expand background checks universally. The other question is whether or not the president is willing to put his political capital behind this issue and go up against potentially some Republicans in the House who are already asking for concessions that would loosen gun laws in exchange for universal background checks. Uh, so, is he willing to decouple these issues and have standalone votes on comprehensive background checks or aging the, or raising the age restriction? That remains to be seen, and it certainly will require him to really use the bully pulpit, like Obama did in his second term, to put. Push for some sort of new and meaningful right. action.
1: And John, I want you to address the cultural aspects of this because we heard the president th- this morning uh, essentially saying he wants a society of love and communication. And in the same speech, talking about the criminality of immigration, about uh, you know putting the the, the uh, arms or, or your hands around the necks of some of these uh, gang members, and and talking about the way society is really divided here and calling for mental institutions. What do you make of that?
5: Well, I, I think it's just a distraction from what the real problem is. And the real problem is, is something Sabrina just alluded to, uh, where you have gaps in the background checking system, where private sales between individuals are not covered by background checks. So nothing under current law would prevent someone from buying a, an assault weapon, no matter how mentally unstable they are. Uh, in a private sale. You know, that, that's, the, that's the real issue here. It's not the president's fantasies about immigrants or other gang members or things like that.
1: All right. We've got to leave it there. Thank you, all of you, for a very provocative discussion. Appreciate it. As always, this is day 399 of President Trump's administration. That is the State of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
0: When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level.